Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number, what is this, 38? I don't even know. We'll start over. Is oh, it 38? Hold on, I think it I is. I think it's 38. It's 38. It's 38. Okay. You peaked there a little I bit, too. I did peak too. a little bit, you, too. You got too excited. Well, it's just always very loud on my end. Well, you're a loud boy. I'm a very loud boy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 38 of the DualShockers.com Shotcast. I am your host, Logan Moore, and with me this week is the dude who needs to mail me Yakuza Zero, Azario Lopez. Hey, dude. What's up, man? The boys <laughs> are back in town. Just us again this week. Everybody As else As they left. say. Well, I just don't think they have fun. They and- don't. And that's that's on us, really. <laughs> that's where we need to improve. Yeah, it's okay. We'll we'll create a good show, and we'll create we'll make it to where all the boys want to come record with us, and then we'll have too many people wanting to record, and we'll be like, "Look, you got to form an orderly line if you want to get on this podcast every night when we every Monday night when we record it." I've never complained about too many boys. That's that's true. That was that was clearly seen at E three when we went. You like you like them boys. <laughs> <laughs> um hello azaria's girlfriend if she's listening to this um <laughs> so this is the what is this for the week of monday july 24th so shot cast for the week of monday july 24th again just us this week but we are committing to this now week to week so yeah we're in we're in the deep end we're in deep now uh so we want to make sure this is hitting your ears every week so even if it is just us some weeks like we said a couple episodes back we are going to be the two that are making sure we're here every week. So, you know, uh, I feel like when it's just us, it's it's super intimate, though. Like we have this chemistry together that that really can't be uh, can't be compared when there is four other people here. We have just this this love and attraction that I feel really resonates with the listeners. Yeah, I, I think I think they like it so much more when it's just the two of us, but heck, maybe mm-hmm. maybe I'm wrong because we've only done, like, what, three of these? So I don't know if the numbers yeah. are saying anything yet. But <laughs> two-person podcasts are good. Most of the podcasts I've ever recorded in my life have only been two people. So I'm used to it. Four people. Uh-huh. Four people's hard over Skype, too. So, like, I mean, we have to record these because you live in California and I'm in Indy, Indiana, and... It's harder to do like four. I've done like a five person uh, podcast before over Skype and that crap gets hard, dude. Like that is really, it's hard to know when to like jump in and when to stay quiet and stuff like that on those. And you kind of have to pass it around a lot, kind of like we were doing last week. But anyway, that's some behind the scenes of how to record a podcast. Uh, Mm -hmm. What's been up with you, dude? Are we just going to jump right into what we're playing? Uh, sure, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I was curious about, like, what you had for lunch, but you can tell me about what games you've been playing, too, if you want. Uh, well, for lunch, I ate, uh, PB&J. Oh, that's I'm a classic. Sim- I'm a simple man. Uh, just gotta get that protein and go, you know? <laughs> yeah. I've been, uh, I've been watching my friend's cat over the weekend, and his cat has seizures while he's out of town, so I have to go, like, in the morning and at night to give the cat a pill. And then feed it. 
So that's that's my exciting weekend. That sounds really not fun in any way, shape, or form. I don't resent. Yeah, but it's a really it's really sweet cat though. But it is a lot of responsibility that I'm not used to. Yeah, you don't want your friend to come home with a dead cat on its on his hands. (laughs) It's useless. Um, As for what I'm playing, um, I am playing Sundered for review. That should be up Thursday. Are you playing on PS4 or PC? I'm playing on both. So I started on PC uh, probably a week and a half ago, uh, played through it, and now I'm on the PS4 version trying to compare um, the two. There's, there's, uh, I can't really say anything about it, but do you know about this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, so I have a couple questions for you, and I don't, you don't have to give me criticism or just explain it to me. So it's like a Metroidvania, right? But it's also kind of, uh, isn't it, uh, what is the freaking word? Um, procedurally generated. Yes, thank you. Isn't it kind of a procedurally generated Metroidvania or something? Yeah. So I can explain this because there are, there are previews out. Um, okay. So they have these, you can open up a map and in the map, there'll be these huge gray boxes in between these set rooms so there's this treasure room Mm -hmm. um and between the treasure room and where you are there's this big gray box well every time you enter that gray box things are going to be different um the environments are going to change around you're never going to take the same path to the destination twice Mm -hmm. um about how i'm I'm curious because I would. I think it looks interesting. I think the exploration looks cool, and so does the combat. Um, about how long do you think it is? Can you tell yet from how you're getting into it, or have you wrapped it up yet? I have wrapped it up. Um, I don't want to talk about how long it is now. It you, is. You can tell me is, off the off the yeah, podcast later. Yeah, it is. It is a decently long game, and okay. it can be longer depending on on how deep you want to go really, explore, because how many yeah there are those there are those level up mechanics yeah, yeah. that that are there typical metroidvania um, extending your health bar extending your whatever other bar there might be magic i don't know every game the best part definitely the best part um and from what you can see in the trailers is the hand-drawn graphics yeah uh hand-drawn graphics hand-drawn uh, character sprites can't believe i said the word graphics fuck me um but the sprites um they've looked amazing since day one now how that delivers in the game is to be explored in my review see how i saved myself there i see you saved yourself (laughs) there good job Um, i don't also i'm not trying to trip you up don't worry (laughs) also um a review that just went up uh today monday is my review of um lane's mysterious journey with uh well, Lady Layton. It's it's too long of a title that they localized, but Lady Layton for is, mobile devices. I was gonna say, is that on phones? Yeah, it's supposed to be on 3DS, but it's only on 3DS in Japan, and it's releasing on 3DS in October. So we just have to wait. It's the same game, though. Um, there are graphical differences yeah. between the two, and I I think I hope that the 3DS version has better puzzles because the mobile version i don't know that's where it kind of lacked for me is Mm -hmm. some of the puzzles kind of repeated and uh, i ended up giving it a 7.5 because the story 
is solid. As for a mobile game, I don't think that it's a good uh, mobile game because um, you can't play it while you're standing in line or or having a quick yeah. bite because you're reading so much. You know, it's not it. It just fails as a mobile exclusive game. Well, that's the weird thing about mobile. Is it like to me? I think the best games for my iPhone or whatever, the ones I can jump in and jump out of like super quick, but there are a wide variety that are a little bit deeper and a little bit more complex. And I I don't think those games are ill suited because it's cool to have it on your phone, I guess. But at the same time, like, I don't know. That's just not how I consume games on my phone. At least I don't, I don't even do much mobile gaming though, honestly. Um, even yeah, me neither. I'm not the go-to mobile guy for the site. Definitely, yeah, I don't think we have a go-to mobile guy. Honestly, I let's mean, pretend. Let's pretend that Ryan is the go-to. Ryan's mobile guy. our go-to iPhone app store reviewer. So there it is. He's got that title now. Um, <laughs> um, but that that's it for me. Um, I have a Fate Stella on the Switch kind of uh, preview coming up tomorrow. But I already reviewed that for the site and I loved it. But yeah. You're doing a preview after your review? Well, I'm going to talk about the Switch, um, the differences between the preview, and I made a little video. I got so you. So we'll see. Oh, we'll see what you're happens. You're a YouTuber now. You're an influencer, little, content yeah, creator. Fucking influencer. <laughs> um, I've been. Like, comment, subscribe. Yeah, make sure to like, comment, subscribe to Dual Shocker's YouTube channel. I've been not doing a ton of gaming lately. Um,. But that's not true. I've been doing a good amount, but it's just with um, some things I can jump into a little bit quicker. Still playing Nier Automata. I think I'm almost through my uh, A-ending playthrough with that. So I, I feel like I'm getting close, at least. I don't, I don't really know. I keep doing like side quests and stuff like that, so I'm not really sure. I've heard people who just beeline the story can get through it in like six to eight hours, and I'm on like hour 12 or 13, and I'm like, oh... Okay, okay. I guess I could have got through this a bit quicker, but I keep like running off to just do side activities and stuff, and it's yeah. Really what like- I want to know is what's keeping you going back to the game. Like what? Like there's so many games out right now. What is uh, motivating you to to continue playing near? Uh, word of mouth, honestly. Yeah. Just hearing like how much praise it's like. Honestly, it seems like so far this year, the three games, or I guess the four, the four games I have heard mentioned nonstop are Zelda, Horizon, Persona 5, and Nier. And I have Persona 5. I see, I know what Persona 5 is, and I know what it'll be once I decide to play it. Um, Nier, I was one of those things where, like, any other year, I probably wouldn't play the game. But just hearing how much praise it's received in the first half of 2017, I was like, I gotta try this out. Um... I don't know. I still like enjoy the core mechanics and stuff like that. It's been like four or five days since I've played it though, because I've been out of town. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, I've got a review to write tonight, so I probably won't play it again tonight, but I'm going to try to hop into it tomorrow. If I get the chance, we'll see if I have time. Um, besides that, like, so I was out of town all weekend, but I did take my switch with me and I, uh, played a ton of Mario Kart. I don't know why, but I played like, a crazy amount of Mario Kart this weekend, or like three or four hours. Like a, a, single player? Yeah, uh, that was the weird thing. Like I had <laughs> Wi-Fi there. I haven't done the single player yet though, and I've had the game for like a month. And I was just like, you know, I want to get three star uh, first place trophies on all 150 CC 
Grand Prix. And so I've been going through that and I've got them all but one right now. And I was trying to do it before we started the podcast and I lost on like the third or fourth race and it pissed me off. Um, so I'm trying to get knock that out right now just because I want to get the gold cart, which is what I'm pretty sure you get after that. So I'm trying to do that right now. Um, I don't know. I just keep going back to that game for some reason. It's like I said, like it's hard, like on nights like this where it's like, I get home from work and then we record this podcast and then I got to either write some stuff up for the site, whether it be a preview or some news or write up a review or something like that. Once I, once I finish all that stuff up then it's like, Oh shoot, I got like an hour before I've got to go to bed. And it's just like, I'd prefer to jump into something like Mario Kart rather than get into near or something like that and not accomplish much and be done with it and set it aside. So something that you have to invest more than an hour. Yeah. In. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, and, and to kind of go along with that, so I did end up picking up Splatoon as well. Um, I literally just downloaded it this afternoon though. So I haven't played it once yet. Um, but same kind of reason I bought Mario Kart was why I bought that was because I know that'll be a game I can kind of bounce in and bounce out of for the rest of the year. And I, I never owned Splatoon one, but I've always kind of appreciated it from afar. Like, I think it has a cool, unique kind of gameplay system or multiplayer mode to it. Like it's different and it's unique enough. And, uh, being somebody who never played the first Splatoon really because the Wii U sucks, um, I was like, you know, I'll get Splatoon 2 and play around with it. So I got that just kind of for the heck of it. And plus I kind of got a deal on it. So it wasn't that much. It wasn't retail price, I guess it wasn't 60 bucks. So I picked that up and downloaded that earlier. So I've got that, uh, I was going to get it as well, but, um, I don't think I would play it ever. Yeah. I'm wondering how much I'll play it as well. Um, I don't it know. It looks cool. Like, like I, I just, said, it'll be something I'd bounce in and out of. See, I can play yeah. that like in between other games though. And, and the, so that'll be a gap filler for me. Whereas I'm playing near now and that's all I'm playing. Like I'm not I'm splitting really my time worried. Between. I'm really worried about this online uh, chat that Nintendo has set up. <laughs> um, I know we probably haven't talked about it on the podcast, but it is, it is insane, dude. No and one's going to use it. That's the thing. Everybody's going to opt to use Discord instead. And like, I just, I, I, the Switch has reminded me how much I love Nintendo, but then the stuff like that online system has reminded me why I've hated them for so long. Like, they're just still so far behind. Like, Halo 2 on the original Xbox had better Xbox, had better online connectivity and functionality 15 years ago almost compared to the Nintendo Switch does today. It's just weird. Well, they fall back on these, these ideas that people are mean, you know, like that's the, the, there's this, we, we're a family console and, um, strangers can get a little rowdy but even the family console thing has kind of been you haven't seen them go with that angle as much with the switch like everybody they've been showing in their marketing for the product as well as i mean everybody they seem to be trying to pitch it to is young millennials young adults like early early to mid 20s it seems like that's everybody everybody you've seen in all of their commercials and marketing for it has been people about like our age so it's just weird that 
that seems to be their target demographic, but at the same time, it's like, hey, try out this stupid chat headset, and oh, by the way, you got to use it in your phone. And then there's like all kinds of other crazy stuff, like your phone, like it has to be turned on, and if your phone goes to sleep, then the chat stops. Like it has to constantly be on. It's just like one crazy thing after another, whereas Discord offers voice chat, and you don't even have to use it like i i opt to use discord now rather than even like xbox live party chat and stuff like that when i'm playing with my friends like it's just easier it's it's simpler and i I don't know who that product's i don't know anybody who's really going to use it thank god it's only what 20 for the year or something like well i don't know what child is going to use it like if you're if you're making a family family system what family member what child is going to use the jump around these hoops just to uh talk shit with their friends i have no idea they'd rather play minecraft minecraft yeah (sighs) they got their own minecraft server i don't know it's just it seems like it seems like they're always nintendo takes two steps forward and keeps in one step back with everything that's that's been their company for the last 10 years or 15 years it seems like is that i don't know man like switch i really like the switch's hardware and i really like the games that have been out on it so far it's just i don't know like they still can't get the network things right which is insane well now that splatoon 2 is out what are you most looking forward to on the switch uh mario and rabbits bro Mario and Rabbids oh, yeah. next month. <laughs> that is extremely soon, isn't yeah, it? It's like four weeks away. Something. I might pick that up just it's because really cool, I dude. love, I love strategy games. It was really fun, dude. Man, we played that demo. It was, it was so cool. Like I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, besides that, I mean, then obviously Mario Odyssey because that was just so good. <laughs> like I was so happy with that. Um, yeah, the the shitty thing about Mario or that about Nintendo games is that unlike Sony and Microsoft, their first where their first party games go to twenty dollars after the first three months, yeah. Nintendo games stay at sixty dollars. That's why I for decided years. to just bite the bullet and get Splatoon. Logan, because for years. I know. Until they until they introduce a uh like a collector's version or yeah, they introduce like those the red, the red box things. Yeah. yeah. They, they always introduce those like halfway through the console life cycle or three fourths of the way through. And it's like, Oh, it's a select yeah. best sellers games. And Twilight like, princess HD is still like $50. Yeah, I know. That is insane. Stupid. dude. It doesn't make, I mean, it's, it's weird. I, I know why they do it. So I'm not like shocked by it and it's been like this my entire life. So I'm used to it, but it is still strange. And yeah, that's why I bought Splatoon now. I was like, you know, I'm going to cave and get Splatoon eventually. You may as well just get it now while some of my other friends have it. Maybe I can play it with them. I want to play that dang salmon run. I'm trying to get some people together to play that. But yeah, it's may as well just jump on it now at launch because it's not going to get any cheaper. It's um, not. But yeah, Odyssey looks great. And then honestly, um, like non Nintendo games I'm looking forward to. Uh have not played Hollow Knight yet and I am patiently waiting for Hollow Knight to come to Switch because mm, I think mm. that game looks awesome. And then um Stardew Valley. I got it like six hours into Stardew Valley on PS4 and then I realized it was coming to Switch and I was like, that sounds like the perfect place to play that game, so I stopped playing it on my PS4. So I'm gonna buy it once again once it comes to Switch. 
Cause just, I don't know if I'm a fan of farming games. I don't know if I love Stardew Valley either. It was scratching some sort of strange itch for me, though, as I was playing it. I was like, this is oddly... I don't know if it was fun. It was just like... ASMR, the game, it was just like kind of putting me in a relaxing coma. And I was like, oh, this is nice. This is just making me chill out for a night rather than get so stressed out playing... A multiplayer game or something like that. Yeah, I, I reviewed Story of Seasons on the 3DS, and that's pretty much a farming game, but it has, like, these building mechanics that reminded me of, like, uh, what is that uh, cloud game on PS2? Uh, shit. You know what I'm talking about, listeners. Sorry. Uh, you know, Dark Cloud. Dark Cloud 1 and 2. Yeah. Well, just 1, where you can build the town up. Yeah. So that's that's where... Like that satisfied that kind of Dark connection. Cloud Two was more of the farming one, right? Yeah, well Dark Cloud One you just get these little things and you build up the town mm-hmm. and you get to like position them and Yeah. Um But so that's why I kinda like Story of Seasons because it reminded me of that, but honestly that was the first Harvest Moon type game that I ever played. Yeah. Yeah. Um Stardew's good though. I enjoyed it at least. It's it was nice. Um, last thing I've been playing, though, so this is actually for review, and this is the review I'm writing tonight. Uh, I played Super Hot VR on PlayStation VR, and that Woo! game is dope. That is like one of my favorite PSVR games now. Um, if you have PSVR and you have not played Super Hot VR yet, I highly encourage you to purchase it because it's probably one of the best games on PSVR, I'd say, so is far. Is it out now? It's out right now. It's $24.99 on PlayStation Store. Uh, You can also get Super Hot, which is the original game, not in VR. You can get that as well. Uh, It's also $24.99, or you can get a bundle with both of them for $39.99. And they are different games. Super Hot VR is built from the ground up. Uh, it's It's the same game for all intents and purposes. Same goal, same... Same mechanics, mechanics, all all that st- all that stuff. It's all the same, but the levels are different because you can't obviously walk around in the VR. You're kind of stationed to one area. Um, I really like Super Hot VR. That said, I do have some complaints, and the most notable one um, is that I just don't think this is this was the first game that really showed me PSVR's problems and brought them front and center. Um, I moved around more in super hot VR than I have any other PSVR game so far. Uh, most of the time it's either just me sitting in a chair in front of my, in front of my setup and I'm not really moving at all, or it is very mild range of motion where I'm basically just moving in 360 degrees around in a circle and not really taking too many steps. Super hot, you're constantly dodging and weaving and trying to get out of the way of bullets and stuff like that. And I was moving all over my living room, but because of that, the camera was constantly, constantly losing me. And I was having to recalibrate a ton. It was, I was dying a lot because it was losing track of me. Um, it was, this really proved, it showed, showed me that (laughs) the tracking should not be done with the PSVR camera on this device, which sucks because it's built around that entirely. Um, I, I think there should be a thing where you can install two cameras. That would be nice. Like like a splitter or something. I mean, again, it's just 
then another what 40 50 60 bucks for a second camera it's just the setup is so rough with covering your range of motion on psvr i think it gives you a good vr experience um but this really showed me that it is not good with tracking you whatsoever um and that would be my biggest complaint that i will touch on in my review if you're hearing this by this point um the review should be up on the site uh, or very close to going up if you are listening to this literally the second we publish this podcast. Um, this podcast and my review should be going up on the same day. So you can read uh, my more like full detailed thoughts there. But yeah, that's that's my biggest complaint is that I love everything Super Hot VR is doing, but I think it's... I haven't played it on Vive and Oculus, so I can't speak to how it runs and works on those platforms, but I know they have... Vive specifically, I know, has a way better tracking system in place, and I would imagine that the game... I'm also not 100% sure it's on Vive. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, I would have to imagine it's way better on those platforms, though. Um, but when it works well on PSVR, you feel like a freaking boss. <laughs> like, the game makes you feel really cool. So when it works well, it's like maybe my favorite PlayStation VR experience. And when it doesn't work, then you, you scream at your TV a little bit. So there, there are times where I wish that PlayStation VR stayed in beta for another year. Um, just to get, just to get these ironed out and maybe returned for some technology upgrades, um, kind of waited. I think it was teased. And then Sony was like, put on the, put on the edge like oh shit like everyone knows about it they're all stoked let's launch now and sell as many as we can you know um i think they jumped the gun a little bit um i don't really touch my playstation vr and that that sucks because i i love it it looks cool yeah i mean (laughs) don't use it i mean if you're gonna if you really do want a game for it like i would highly suggest this over everything else that's on the market right now that has come out within the last six months for PSVR. Um, I really think this is one of the premier titles on it. Um, It's just, when you do have those little connectivity issues or calibration issues, it is frustrating. But they are, it wasn't happening every two seconds to me either, so I don't want to make it sound like it was a constant thing throughout my play play time. But when it happened, it was definitely annoying. Um, Yeah, I I think that, I think, I I mean, I kind of mentioned it, but like, I think the headset itself is nice. It's just coupled with move controllers and a camera, which are both very old. So it's, it's so strange to have this like new cutting edge piece of technology that we haven't had in gaming before and then pairing it with devices that are so old like it's and the camera itself is not that old at least the newest iteration of it has been out since uh the playstation 4 launched but like the move controllers are a weird accompanying peripheral to put with it it's just I, I, I think it needs some new additions to it and i i don't know how they could do it to where maybe they can get a better tracking system or something like that. Or maybe they come out with something new and separate where it's like, Hey, you can either be tracked with the camera or there's this new device that does it better or something like that. Like, I I don't know what that looks like specifically, but I still, the headset itself is super nice and super comfortable. And I really like the headset. It's just the other stuff that I think needs adjusting and fixed down the road. I need Sony to uh, 
to start supporting this a little bit more. I do too. I've said the same thing for a while. And I was, I mean, when we were at the Sony conference, like I was glad to see like what they show off like four or five games for it. Like I was glad to see that as well as, or, or as, as for how they, they piqued my interest. I don't really know. We'll have to see when time gets closer. Like I thought Farpoint really originally demoed really poorly, but like I've been wanting to play Farpoint for a long time and I just, they don't have any of the gun bundles. So I'm not going to play it. Uh, <laughs> and it's as simple as that. Like, I don't know. We'll see how some of those other games turn out, but they did announce a couple for it. I really think like PSX is a good time for them to show off more VR games. Cause that's where you got the hardcore people there like myself who have a Vita and PSVR and a PS4 pro and all this other stuff. Like that's where you show those games off, I think, and have people try them out. But awesome. Let's get into some news. So not a whole lot this week. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, there was a lot of release dates that were announced this past week, like Patapon and remastered coming to PS4 on August 1st. We've got, uh, there was some Comic-Con stuff. Yeah, Undertale's coming to PS4 on August 15th. Like, there was a couple release date things. Um, Modern Warfare Remastered's coming to Xbox One this week on the 27th, I think. Um, we have the Destiny 2 beta. Destiny 2 beta, beta, which I can't speak to. I don't know if you can. Yeah, I didn't play it either. Sorry, guys. I, I didn't play it. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of Destiny-themed... We material. Should, I think we have a preview going up on a site soon. Actually, don't hold me to have, that. You I know, think we, we probably have a, preview. have a preview. Someone's someone's definitely writing it right now as so, we speak. We should have that up at some point this week. But yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not a Destiny player. So if you came for hot Destiny two beta beta thoughts, sorry about that. Um, I think the so the two big notable pieces of news that have happened within the industry this past week. Um, First off, Telltale, they were teasing a presentation that they were going to have at San Diego Comic-Con this past weekend. They ended up releasing about a 15-minute video on Thursday, I believe, last Thursday, uh, detailing where they are going next. Uh, As it stands, their only two current series are Guardians of the Galaxy and Minecraft Season 2. They released a new video, though, showing what their upcoming projects are. Uh, first among those was the follow-up season to uh, Telltale's Batman series. Uh, this next season, will, the first episode will be dropping on August 8th. The first episode, I believe, is called The Enigma. Um, and the new season is called Batman, The Enemy Within, I believe. I think that's correct. The uh, Evil Within. It's not The Evil Within. I know it's <laughs> not. That's something else. Um so that is coming out very soon. So that is kickstarting here quickly. Um, so not on Kickstarter, not on Kickstarter, but Just it's coming to a PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC near you. Maybe other devices. Do they still put their stuff on 360 and PS3? I have no idea. They were I for mean, the longest engine, time. That engine can definitely run on there because yeah. they're still using the same shitty thing. Yeah. The New Frontier, Walking Dead New Frontier, was the first one that really ran without a hitch for me. That, Listen, quite Logan. some time. It's still a trash engine. Listen, I, I will not, not defend it at all. Logan, I've never played a Telltale game, and I am so over it. Yeah, I'm I just, am too. I'm just over it. I'm over these these adventure games. I love the brands. I love the IPs that they choose. These aren't the games for me. So I had some problems with the first season of Telltale's Batman series. Um, 
I just had some, as like a Batman nerd, I had some problems with where they went with the game's story. Um, didn't really click with me. I, I'd, I'd say it's a solid like seven. It's not a, it's not bad. I just didn't care for it. And because of that, I'll probably be missing out on this next season. Um, but how do you, how do you criticize these games? They're short adventures. You can criticize like, the story elements and stuff like that. They're honestly, but every story is different, and it's based on the player's experience. So criticizing them is just criticizing your own choices. No, I, I think it's. I think you can criticize the writing, which is honestly what I end up doing more than anything with these games. True, true. Um, because there were certain instances within the third season of The Walking Dead where characters were saying things, and I'm like, no person would say that in this instance. And, um, my, I, I had a lot of problems with the third season of The Walking Dead. And I, I, my biggest overall complaint is like a person who's played Telltale games since the first season of The Walking Dead. Um, I feel like their formula is getting in the way of the story at this point. Like, their stories are suffering. The stories that they're writing are suffering because they have to fit it into this cookie cutter like framework of making decisions and like your decisions in the end, like didn't really matter that much in the third season of the walking dead. And that really bothered me. Like that was the thing with that. Like it, it just felt like, I just felt like things weren't really like nothing. Like I did they matter. had a destination. Yeah. They knew where you were going, but you go, your journeys were just a little different. But and I mean, they're always kind of like that, but it was even more apparent to me in the last season of the walking dead. I, I didn't mention it yet, but so the next thing they announced was the final season of the walking dead, which will be an end to Clementine's story. Um, that's, good to me that they're wrapping that up and not keeping that going forever i hate things that feel like they can just go on forever without ending like good storytelling needs to have like the a backstreet boys the backstreet boys are they still going on is that a thing yeah i was thinking more like keep, narratives but not they not just keep bands. milking that um <laughs> the backstreet boys good example i guess telltale presents the backstreet boys that'll be their next project <laughs> Um, they, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm glad they're ending it, though. I think it needs to come to an end, so I'm glad to see that. Um, and then the f- next thing they announced was a follow-up season of The Wolf Among Us. Uh, so Wolf Among Us Season 2 will be coming next year, as well as the final season of The Walking Dead. Was anybody asking for that? I, a lot of people were. <laughs> a couple. Really? Myself Is, included. What is that? That's Fable, right? That's Fables, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody care about fables. First season was really good. First season is my favorite behind uh, only the first season of The Walking Dead. Those are. Like- I love how one episode of every series of the Telltale series, um, or one episode or one chapter or whatever, sucks. And the rest are like moderately good. Yeah. But yeah. they always have this shitty chapter that everybody hates. Yeah, it's always like the fourth one because they have the death end in sight, but they can't get there too quick and they have to drag it out for a Because they got to milk that dollars out of you a little bit more. It's, I don't know. I, I have some serious problems with the past few Telltale products. I don't think they're bad games by any means because more often than not, I think the writing is pretty good. Um I've had some issues with it though the past few games. I don't know. If you're if you're a massive Telltale fan though, like these are three 
good announcements for you. Like I can look yeah, at this that, and be that like, people have been waiting for. Yeah, it. Like, I knew the have... Wolf Among Us when they announced that everyone went crazy, and I don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Yeah, like these are three games that I don't blame people for being excited about. I'm excited for the Wolf Among Us season two, and I, and I will probably play the fourth and final season of The Walking Dead purely just to see how it ends at this point. Um, as for Batman, I can't say I'm super interested in that one. Like I said, that one starts up in a week or two, um, so that one's coming quickly. Um, but I, yeah, the first season just didn't click with me, unfortunately. So I'll probably be dodging out of that one. And these games always go on sale, though, for like five bucks. Or they're a PS Plus or games with gold game yeah. of the month. Or a humble bundle. Yeah. So I think you I can wait. Yeah. Something crazy like that always happens. So I think I'll wait on some of these for now. And, or I guess Batman for now, since it's the only one that's coming out soon. But yeah, oh. I, I think, uh, I think that's, if you're a Telltale fan out there, you should be happy with that because those are three games that everybody was wanting follow-up seasons to. Um, besides that, the only other big notable piece of news I felt like it was important for us to bring up uh, was that Casey Hudson has returned to Bioware as Bioware's general manager. Um, if you're not, there's another piece of news that I don't care about. You should. This is a big deal. This is really, seriously, yeah. This is a big deal. Um, you know, especially if his name if his name's not Japanese, I kind of just mute it all. If especially following up kind of Bioware's skid the past couple of years, like a lot of people were upset with Inquisition and didn't like it. I personally really liked Inquisition, um, but that's another story. And then Mass Effect Andromeda's like wet fart of a release earlier this year. Um, Casey Hudson, if you're not aware, was the director of Knights of the Old Republic and also the entire Mass Effect trilogy. He also helped work as like an art director, I think, on a lot of other projects before he took over as director for Knights of the Old Republic. Um, he also helped out on Jade Empire. The dude has been like one of the main creative leads at Bioware for a long, long time. He left a few years ago to go to Microsoft, and he announced this past week that he was coming back to take over and be general manager of Bioware, and Aaron Flynn, who was the current general manager, was on his way out. Um, Flynn, Flynn wasn't fired or anything like that. Flynn had just decided it was time for him to leave the company. I think he had been there almost 20, 21 years or something like that. So Flynn so was what leaving. Does, what does this mean for Bioware? What does this what does this mean for the future of Bioware, Logan? So Casey Hudson, really, besides the doctors who were the guys who founded Bioware, Casey Hudson is the most notable face from that company. Um, his return really, it at least made everybody feel good that he was back. I mean, we'll have to see how Anthem turns out when they end up releasing that. But Casey Hudson's track record, like I said, the dude was creative director of the entire Mass Effect trilogy and KOTOR. That's a pretty good track record. Um, obviously, he's not returning to be like creative director of Anthem or anything like that, but he is going to be overseeing all of these projects as general manager. And I think, again, as his past projects prove, he is a good guy to kind of have in that driver's, site, or driver's seat overseeing everything at the company. Um, he is somebody who I have... A, I don't want to say adored. That's way too strong a word. Somebody who I have respected for a really long time in this industry since I was a kid. Like since I played Kotor as a kid. Like I've known who this guy is. So him coming back is kind of a huge deal because people didn't think it would happen. People had ironically been asking him to come back these past few years after 
practically screaming at him after Mass Effect 3 released and everybody was so pissed off about how that went down. Um, but his, his return, we'll have to see exactly what he, if his fingerprints are on Anthem. I'm curious to see where the company moves going forward. Anthem seems like it's a bigger project for them than normal too. Like it's going to be one of those games that probably has is a living game or whatever you want to call it at this point where it's going to be Anthem seems so mainstream. It just it just seems so safe. It doesn't like hmm. dude it's it looks super safe. It looks like an online driven uh, adventure game where you have to be online to get the full experience of it and for honestly sure. honestly that's not what i liked about bioware games that yeah. i've played um, yeah i agree it looks very um from just the demo we saw it looks loot driven as well which is not a typical bioware thing for me i mean obviously you get a bunch of different weapons and gear and the rpgs that you play and stuff like that but to me that's never it's not a Diablo or it's not a uh, a Borderlands or something like that. And it, Anthem looks well, a little bit more like that to me. What I'm hoping is that Bioware can pick up where Destiny kind of failed, and that's establishing a um, an interesting a narrative, world. a yeah. story driven narrative for yeah. these online. It's hard. It's definitely tough. And I know Destiny, the creators, kind of um, took that for granted, and they're trying to dial it back and trying to create this world. But it definitely sounds like a hard thing to do to create a uh, a story within an online community while you're trying to like push this online functionality, but still have this narrative behind it all. It seems tough. So the guy who is actually serving as um, a fairly certain lead writer, and if not lead writer, one of the main writers of Anthem's story is actually Drew Karpishin. So, so I don't know if you know who he is. Um, he has worked on, he was the author of like all of the Mass Effect spinoff books. He's done a ton of the Star Wars spinoff books that are now not canon. It's like he did, he, he wrote all of the Old Republic stuff. He also, I'm pretty sure, so these are the games he's written. He has written Knights of the Old Republic. He wrote Jade Empire. He wrote Mass Effect 1 and 2. And then he also did the Old Republic um, the MMO. That was the last thing he wrote, though, for Bioware. And so him coming back, Anthem is the first game he's written for them in seven years. Um, so him returning to Bioware, in addition to Casey Hudson returning, it's like old Bioware, at least from the right written perspective and the direct... It, it, Hudson, again, it's weird to say... I don't know how much of a big... like. Hudson's fingerprints are going to be on Anthem. We'll have to see. I don't know how much he can do as general manager, but you assume he'll have some effect on the game. It seems like old Bioware is like coming back because they have really kind of strayed away from what the company was five or ten years ago. And they've their names kind of been dragged through the mud lately because just because some of these last games have come out and have not been the responses they've been looking for from fans. So to see both... Well, they, I think they chose the wrong audience to pander to. I don't think it's pandering. It's just doing something different with Anthem. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Anthem. I agree it's a different project than anything else they've done before. At the same time, you got to remember, they've also openly said they're working on a new Dragon Age. So that's in the pipeline as well. It's not like they're abandoning... Mass Effect and Dragon Age and all that other stuff. Just well, they are, they, they are abandoning Mass Effect. Mass Effect's on the shelf for now. <laughs> They'll have to see what they do with that when they come back to it. That franchise is by no means dead, though. It's, I think that's like one of the 
10 or 15 biggest franchises in the history of gaming personally. Um, so there's no way it's dead, but we'll have to see what happens when they pick that up in a couple of years from now. I don't know, dude. I'm like with Hudson coming back though. So like when we watched the Anthem gameplay, I was like, this looks gorgeous. The traversal looks cool. The combat and stuff looks cool as well. I don't know if this loop is for me though, but when I heard that Carpishin was doing the story, that made me feel better. And then when I saw that Hudson's coming back, that made me feel better as well. So like both of them being involved on that project in some way, shape or form is making me more excited about it going forward. Again, I don't know how much of a game it is for me and knowing my taste, but we'll have to see. Um, and even if it isn't for my taste, I'm going to take a wild guess and say it turns out to be a pretty solid game because I mean, I think you'll agree to this too. What we saw within that demo by no means looked bad. I just think bad. for I just think for you and me, it was like that's not something it looked I a little would play. scripted. It, it, of course, it's not. It's supposed to be out like what eighteen months from now or something like that. Like so, yeah, that makes sense. But take it with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt, obviously. But I think what we saw looked good. It was just more like I hope this is for me. So. Yeah. I'm, excited, I'm excited for Bioware moving forward, though, dude. Like, they seem to be making the right moves to get themselves back. Hey, I love I love Destiny, and if this improves on that mechanic and adds a great story, I'm a huge fan of story-driven games. So, yeah. Anthem could be the game, the, yeah. the 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 modern Bioware game for myself. If you, I'd say. Knowing who's writing it and knowing his track record, I'd say you can probably have some decent, a decent amount of faith in the game. It'll at least be well written. Whether or not you love the world or not, we'll see. Yeah. But it'll be a well written, well created universe that they've established there. So. so. What are we moving on to? Right um, so that's pretty much all the news this week. Like I said, there's a bunch of other smaller stories, but we don't need to touch on every single thing again. Follow the website from day to day. We churn out a hefty amount of news on a daily hefty. basis. So, and if you are listening to this podcast, I'm surprised if you already aren't following the the website. But thrillshockers.com. Get your get your face over there. Type it in on that URL search bar and go look at all the good news we've got. And join our Discord. Our Discord community is uh, pretty cool. Do that as well. Join our Discord. You can send us questions there. Actually, let's do questions before we do releases. So we did get yeah. a couple questions from our discord server this week and i said that we would read them uh this week actually i think we have only gotten i think we only got one but we will read it i'll take it i'll take the show. it so one's better than o.r.r or i guess or asked what are some of the best racing games you've ever played i would like to see uh, this answered by as many different people on the cast as possible <laughs> it's just us today so we will be see the only too. ones answering i guess Okay, so best racing games for myself, Jet Moto 2 on the PlayStation, and F-Zero on the Super Nintendo. Uh, those games, um, I'm not really a racer. Uh, I, I, I like arcade racers, I'll play those, but when I'm at home... Uh, they don't seem very fun to me. I don't like diving into the customization of like uh, Gran Turismo. I think it's interesting. Um, I think it looks cool, but I just don't understand. I can appreciate I can, it. Yeah, I can I'm in the same boat it. as you. Yeah. But, but it's like, but, I understand why people like those games, but it's just like, 
not for me. I'm not a card junkie either, though. Yeah, um, but definitely Gem Moto 2 and F-Zero are uh, great games. <laughs> if you've, <laughs> you've probably never played Gem Moto, but <laughs> play it. It's really fun. Um, as for me, I really... I mean, Mario Kart's the obvious one uh, that I really like, but so does everyone else and their mother adores that game. Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong Racing's another good one, I was going to say. Again, those are two kind of obvious answers and kind of not really... Those are arcade racers, so it's kind of their own category, separate from racing, uh, like the Forzas and the Gran Turismos and stuff like that. Um, Besides that, I really think the only other one I've played that I really liked and actually sunk a decent amount of time into was Burnout Paradise. Um, That game's, like, open-world structure was really cool to me, and I liked... Honestly, just cruising around and like listening to music, like that was a really cool, fleshed out uh, world that they had in that game, and I really enjoyed. Just it was like an it was an open world racing game, like it was really really cool, and it had so much to do, and there was a variety of things to do too. Like it wasn't just racing; like there was a handful of different challenges and like sorts of mini games and stuff like that. Like I really enjoyed Burnout Paradise on PS3 when I played that. Um, besides that, yeah, unfortunately I'm not a huge racing guy. Um, I grew up watching a lot of racing games though. My dad was like, was, and still is really like big into racing games. He played probably, I can't tell you how many hours of Gran Turismo three on PlayStation two that I watched him play, but I never played it myself. I enjoy watching racing games, even still. Like, uh, like yeah. I, I enjoy seeing them demoed and stuff. Like when we go to these conventions and stuff like that, it's just never something I've loved to get my own hands on. Strangely enough, I'd rather watch yeah, a I Twitch th- stream, I guess. I think the last modern racing game that I could remember getting diving completely into is was like Need for Speed Underground. You know, was that like two thousand four, two thousand three? I think it was two thousand three. A while back, yeah. Yeah, just like, but even Need for Speed's pretty arcadey. Yeah, the um, realistic ones are cool. Like you said, can appreciate like how realistic they I look. I can appreciate like RF. What is that for? Forza, Forza for, is cool. Forza Horizon and stuff like that. Even Forza Horizon's a little bit more arcadey, but I haven't even played that. So, yeah, I can I can appreciate racing games. It's just not my personal jam, and that's like one of like very small amount of genres that i'd have to say i really don't play too much of like i even play sports games and stuff like that but i just never have gotten into racing games too much so there we answered i hope that was satisfactory for you or also uh, uh rest in peace evolution studios for drive club are they yeah, i forgot they're gone that's our that's logan and i's fault for not playing your game sorry sorry we're not racing my dad's games. actually my dad actually just bought drive club the other day and he's been playing it it's actually a really good game, I hear. He he says he likes it so far. So he just got when I got my PS4 Pro, I gave him my PS4. So he's been diving into that. He hasn't played games in like five or ten years, I think. Gamer so, dad. So he's jumping back in. He introduced me to everything, but he hasn't played. I think the last game he really played a lot of was like Fallout Three. So what was that? Two thousand seven or eight, something like that. So for um, 
releases. Let's go. Yeah, let's get into releases. So we're going to start doing this on the show every week where we talk about the notable releases of the week and then what choose one that we think you should circle and maybe pick up if you have the money or the chance or the time to play a video game who knows um the means means, yeah to play uh so we're gonna start covering releases and so for this week azaria what do we got coming out um we have pyre on well today if you're listening to it july 25th um I think we have a review going up. I'm not sure who's Our doing it. Our review is being written as we speak. As for when it publishes, I would assume in tomorrow, tomorrow or slash today, the day we publish it. Tomorrow. Yeah. We also have uh, Fate Extella on PC and Switch. That's There's a review on the site for the PlayStation 4 version, but that's coming out uh, July 25th as well. Yeah. Um, moving on, we have Unbox newbies adventure we have a review on the site from tomas our yeah. little boy a little boy all grown up um later on in the week we have ding and rompa another episode on pc uh we have a preview of that version of the ps4 version which is as it it's an exact port so there's no differences um that's on july 27th what else um I think Axis Games has Caller X Malice, a PlayStation Vita exclusive, coming out on Friday. It's an Atome game for all you boy lovers. I mean, I I bought it, so... <laughs> well, you are a boy lover. That's true. I am a boy lover. Uh, and um, I think Sundered is going to be my uh, my kind of guess for the best release, and that's on Friday. Um, and then also coming out this Friday, we've, the ones you didn't mention, we've got, uh, Hey Pikmin is also releasing this week as well as Metopia, which are both coming out on the 3DS, um, as well as the new Nintendo (laughs) 2DS XL. XL. Yeah, Uh, that's it. So that comes out at the end of the week. I think that's what, 150, if I'm correct. Um, so it's the newest model of the 3D, 2DS it's got the flip clam it looks open cool. close thing. I actually held one at E3. It's a very nice product. It's very cool. We may have uh we may have something going up about that as well, if I am correct. But I am not I'm over about buying that. I'm over buying three DSs though. Yeah, man. I'm not, I'm not, buying, I'm not I'm, buying any more as either. I don't even I'm, have many games for them anymore. That's the problem. So there's two coming out this Friday. So there are two coming out this Friday. So you can, <laughs> maybe I'll pick those up. Yeah, the new so that new 2DS is out later this week as well. Um, as for my pick of the week, I would definitely say Pyre. Pyre is awesome, dude. Like I played Pyre. that for a good 30 minutes or so at PSX last year, and I am very very excited for it to come out tomorrow, and so I can finally get my hands on it. Um, also, I believe uh, Fortnite is entering early access yes. but um we have a preview of that on the site so if you want to check out fortnite be sure to check out our preview on the site yeah we've got that up so you could just go search for fortnite up in our top left corner of the site and you should find our preview for it there somewhere um 
but yeah, Pyre is dope, and I think Sunder, like you said, is your pick. I, I think both of those look like great games this week. Um, pretty solid week for releases here, despite being summer. Um, and then we turn the calendar to August next week, and things start getting freaking insane, dude. Like, I don't know about... Would you say it starts heating up? Yeah, just a little bit. Um, August has, like, secretly become the biggest release month of the year for me now, all of a sudden. Like, I'm not I'm not kidding. Like, this has blown up over the last week. Like, I mentioned at the top of the show how many, like, notable... Like, how many small release dates we got, but we've got Pikmin coming out, or not Pikmin, I'm sorry. We've got uh, Patapon coming out next week on August 1st. Tacoma is August 2nd. We've got Hellblade on the 8th. We have Lawbreakers on the 8th. On the 15th, we have Agents of Mayhem, Matterfall, Nidhogg 2, Sonic Mania, Observer, and then also Undertale on PS4, which I have not played Undertale yet, so I will be playing Undertale there. Uh, on the 22nd, we've got Uncharted The Lost Legacy. On the 25th, we have Madden. On the 29th, we have Absolver, Everybody's Golf, Hello Neighbor, Mario and Rabbids, uh, Pillars of Eternity, Complete Edition, and then Windjammers and Yakuza Kiwami. And then at the end of the month, on the 31st, we have Life is Strange, Episode 1, that prequel series. Uh, August is huge, dude. Yeah. August is low-key, like, packed. I did not know Life is Strange was coming out so soon. Yeah. So that's at the very end of the month. And then that leads directly into NAC 2 at the start of September, which we know is like the release of the year. So that is their game of the year already. It is. I'm actually going to be purchasing NAC 2 on day one. Uh, my, me and one of my friends are going to be playing through the entire game in one sitting, I think, at some point, maybe later that weekend. But we have already scheduled plans to ensure that we play through NAC 2 as soon as it releases. That's amazing. So that'll be really stupid. <laughs> that'll be really fun, though. Uh, well, but yeah, those are releases for this week, and I guess I listed all the ones for the next coming weeks, too. But <laughs> games are about to get crazy, so uh, you, better, all the bases. you better start picking up extra shifts at work to cover cover your <laughs> how much money you may be spending this fall, because I know I will be dropping a lot of money myself. Um... I think that's it for this week, dude. I think we have covered everything. Um, come in on a little bit under an hour, but that is good. Um, if you want to find more of us, again, obviously, head over to Dual Shockers. Follow us there. We put tons of stuff up every single day from reviews, previews, uh, features, and, of course, news. We are your one-stop shop for news and more news. <laughs> that's our bread and butter, at least. Yeah, we don't the stop the news. The news just doesn't stop the news at yeah the news does not stop over at dual shockers um if so be sure to head over to the website there dualshockers.com and follow us there if you want please if not if you want you should go follow us on twitter at dual shockers uh, if you want to keep up to date with everything that is going on we tweet out all our articles there and we're trying to get a little bit more social in that space as well so maybe we'll be talking to you a bit more from that maybe. account if you're cool uh, enough if, you're if cool your anime, enough. if your anime avatar looks cool enough, yeah, maybe we'll say hi to you. Uh, Azario can be found on Twitter. He is at Azario says, correct? Correct. And I can be found on Twitter at Moreman12. So make sure to follow all of those places over there. Um, and I think that is everything. If I am correct, for episode number thirty-eight of the Dual Shocker Shotcast, we will be back next week with hopefully some more people 
besides just us. And I'm sure we will give you our thoughts on, uh, I'm hoping we can get Ryan on next week. We'll have to see. I'd like to hear what he has to say about Pyre and stuff like that. And, uh, I just want to hear what he has to say. Just what, just Ryan. Ryan's the only yeah. one. Ryan's going to do a, yeah. sh- a solo show next week. Solo so show. Out for that. Uh, but that's Send it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Don't forget, join the Discord server as well. Uh, the show's on iTunes. You can find us on YouTube as well. Um, leave us a review and then join our Discord server and give us some questions and we will read them on the show. But that is it for this week. We will see you back here next week on the Shotcast. Until then, have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. See ya.